Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Lighthouse Faith Podcast, Moving Forward in Truth and Love. I'm Lauren Green, Chief Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel and author of the book, Lighthouse Faith. Well, the big news out of the Olympics in Tokyo this week was Simone Biles, um, probably the greatest gymnast of all time. She pulled out of the Games, and the first reason given, um, it was a medical issue. But just hours later, we learned it was not a physical medical issue, but um, emotional. Um, You know, she said, um, I truly do feel that I have the weight of the world on my shoulders um, at times. Um, That says a lot. You know, the pressure on athletes to be the best is intense. But even when they are the best, the pressure to maintain their sort of almost godlike status on the podium exponentially increases that pressure. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes is on the ground at the Tokyo Olympics to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to athletes, coaches, and staff to help them keep athletics in perspective. Because athletes sacrifice so much to become the best they can be, and of course to be better than every competitor. They have a unique relationship with their sport. They don't just do their sport. I mean, the sport eventually does them. Um, FCA's Japan director is Will Thompson, and he joins me now to talk about uh, what they're doing in Tokyo. Um, Welcome, Will. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Well, you know, it's it's um, it wasn't the Simone Biles story that, you know, um, ha- had to schedule you. It was just the Tokyo Olympics and what you're doing on the ground. And then this whole thing about uh, Simone Biles broke and it really brought to the surface the kind of pressure these athletes are under. Um, what 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 do you know about that? For sure. I mean, I don't know Simone personally, um, but I can definitely resonate. Um, having been an athlete myself collegially, but also working with um, other elite athletes, that uh, the pressure is extreme. Um, and and ultimately, you know, whether it be an athlete or, or anybody else in another profession, we're all going to come to some, port, a part, uh, some kind of breaking point in our lives, whether it be reaching the top pinnacle of success and not finding fulfillment or succumbing to pressure or reaching rock bottom in some other way. So I, I think it just sheds light upon the need for, um, for spiritual uh, fulfillment and also spiritual care for these athletes. And, you know, there, there's that documentary about uh, Michael Phelps, you know, he just swept the Olympics last time with the, with the, uh, the all the gold medals and, and, I think it's called the weight of gold, and it mm. really talked about you know how this sacrificial life of winning a gold medal and being an elite athlete becomes more than you know really a soul can bear, you know. For sure, I mean I don't know Michael either, but hearing some of his story, and he you know of course reached the pinnacle and um, was from what I understand left with different. Um, 
you know, issues and maybe some of that being identity where you're, you're done being a swimmer, you've done that your whole life. And now who am I? And, and those gold medals don't satisfy. And we know that the ultimate satisfaction only comes through Jesus. And so um, I, I think that's a reality. Um, mm-hmm. Another person that's been thrown to the spotlight recently, Naomi Osaka of yes. Japan, and and she's withdrawn from different tennis tournaments as well. And, and uh, I think for her too, uh, she has, you know, um, is half Japanese, half American, but uh, it sheds a light a lot for Japan. And a lot, you hear a lot about this in Japan with not only athletes, but in, in, in society as a whole, there's just the pressure of society. And unfortunately there's extremely high suicide rate, one of the highest in the, in the developed world. And so um, again, we, we just do what we can to, to lift up Jesus and believe that's where the true hope will, will be found in him. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Naomi's, um, actually, her father's Haitian. He's not actually okay. American. Well, um, I, I, I was referring to her growing up in oh, Florida. Oh, absolutely. So, grew yeah, up in yeah. Florida. And she actually grew uh-huh. up, uh, I think his family uh, actually lived in Long Island, New York, too, as for well. Sure, for so, sure. But it's just the idea that there are these elite athletes and that they, mm-hmm. you were talking about, that they have a sort of an existential crisis, you know, mm-hmm. when they're, when there's no more sport to do. I mean, it's different from certain athletes because they can play for a longer time depending on the sport. But gym, gymnastics is not a sport you can do into your 20s, um, late 20s and, and early 30s and 40s. It, it just isn't. You become a coach or whatever. Um, and you know, So this is an idea you're talking about identity. And it is always mm-hmm. what you know, the gospel teaches, what you know, you know, responsible Christian churches teach, that your identity should be in Christ. It should not mm-hmm. be in your sport. How do you communicate that to athletes if they don't even believe in Jesus? Well, I think, um, you know, the, the, the Jesus question can come after the fact. You know, it, some people it comes, it's the first thing, but other people, you know, the question of where do you find your identity and where do you find your fulfillment and and tell me about that. I mean, that that's a spiritual question without, you know, pushing Jesus as the answer right mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. ahead. And so I think there's different ways to approach that, and especially in Japan where a country with less than 1% uh, are believers in Jesus and, and, ex- and second largest unreached people group in the world. We've found that uh, not only in coaches and athletes, but the whole population as a whole. If you push Jesus too soon, then, you know, first of all, they're going to, you're going to get a blank stare because they don't even know what you're talking about, but also, um, you know, you could get viewed as, Oh, of course you're this, uh, foreigner. That's a foreigner's religion. I'm Japanese doesn't apply to me. And so we found that, you know, in, in asking these spiritual questions, it, uh, not only speaks to these issues of identity that you mentioned, but also it, it gets the other person to ask the question, okay, well, where is my identity and where can I find true identity? And, and they end up asking, well, where do you find it? And that's when we can share uh, Jesus to them. Yeah. You know, when, a, when, a, when an athlete like Simone Biles pulls out of a huge competition on the world stage, you don't get any larger than the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And you don't get any more prestige than the Olympics. When and and you don't really get much better at it than Simone Biles. When an athlete like that pulls out because of emotional issues, how does that affect the other team members? You think? Well, I mean, 
I, again, I don't know uh, much about gymnastics. My sport is uh, has been baseball, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but 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 still, you know, gymnastics is unique because it's individual sport, but also team sport. And I think you could say that about baseball. You could say that about a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, you have the pressure of performing as an individual, but you still have it's a team sport, and so you're not going to succeed without your team member is also succeeding. And then that talk, you go into, you know, what is your role and what is the role of the team and how do you get chemistry and, and all those kind of things. And so, um, I, I think, I, I think that's a great question and, and it would be really interesting to, uh, talk to those teammates of Simone Biles, who, as you said, you know, greatest, probably greatest gymnast of all time has definitely proved uh, in the past winning gold medals and stuff. And so being her teammate and, and, and experiencing that um, is, is, is probably a very unique experience that only those uh, her teammates can uh, speak to. But I, I definitely think, you know, in, in thinking about other teams I've been a part of and teams we've worked with, you know, that, that, the superstar, uh, you know, the pressure from your teammates. Um, and then even sometimes the superstar mentality, because they know they're super, they're a mm-hmm. superstar, their teammates don't even care for them off the court yeah, or off the, yeah. the mat or whatever it may be. And so, and then that has other issues, arrogance and, and then kind of excluding themselves and everything. And so, um, yeah, I, I, again, what we always talk about is, you know, sports is such uh, such a correlation to life. And, um, and like we are talking about identity, pressure, teamwork, um, but all these kind of things, finding our, you know, our identity and anything other than Jesus himself, whether it be our work or uh, job or, or career, um, it, it's just such a huge correlation with sports. And so that's another reason I, I, I love the Olympic uh, time is, you know, it, it shows us you know, these people are superhuman, but they're still human. And, and it can cause us to ask the question, okay, if Simone Biles is having these, you know, this struggle, this pressure, well, what do I turn to when I have that same kind of pressure, even though I'm not the greatest gymnast, um, mm-hmm. gold medalist, so... Yeah, I, I want to get to more of the, that insight a little bit later, but I, I, I feel like we really should kind of talk about what is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and what are they doing on the ground in Tokyo? Sure. So SCA, we were founded in 1954, um, and, and one a basketball coach is given the vision that at the time that, you know, if athletes could endorse um, automobiles or tobacco or whatever, uh, you know, product it, that it may be, then why not? Why can they not do the same with their faith for the gospel? And so that's kind of how it started. And has a rich history in the United States doing sports camps and uh, reaching uh, coaches and athletes in, in various ways. And But only it's been the last probably 15 years or so that um, FCA started to intentionally focus internationally and even the last 10 years specifically uh, strategically to focus internationally. And so FCA Japan, we started um, about nine years ago and uh, originally working with uh, one main baseball player, uh, Matt Merton, who played over there and had a huge platform uh, and, and just helping him use that platform to share share the gospel, lift up the name of Jesus. As I you know, said, mm-hmm. the less than 1% are believers there. And so, but at the same time, as, as the world's getting to see 
uh, right now watching the Olympics. You know, Japan loves sports, and it's such a such a shame that you know no spectators allowed, and it's just so sad yeah. watching these empty arenas. But nonetheless, Japan just loves sports, and it's and as but and so we 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 try to use this you know universal language of sport to communicate the gospel, and so we've seen that many Japanese. Um, don't would never step foot in the door of a church. There's a great faithful uh, church in Japan, very small but very faithful. But just culturally, spiritually, for many reasons, they would never um, have any exposure to the Christian church. And so we try to meet them where they are. And again, our focus being coaches and athletes. That's you know the field, the court, um, the mat, wherever that may be. Yeah, I, I think what the 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 major religions in uh, Japan are like what Shinto. And Buddhism, correct. Um, and correct. That's yeah, really Shinto the... is kind of a a Japanese folk religion where you know you're basically being Japanese, you're automatically part of that, and mm-hmm. then Buddhists also. So, yeah. as I understand it, so the sort of Buddhism sort of folded in the Shintoism, and it's kind of incorporated some of those things. Um, it has, and I when I take people, uh, you know, first time people to Japan, and, and we kind of go see some of the sites and of course our focus being you know sharing the gospel I always take him to this one famous shrine which actually you've probably seen on the 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 um coverage of the olympics asakusa shrine and it's very uh, asakusa temple excuse me san soji temple and the unique thing about that is within this huge one of the biggest t- buddhist temples in tokyo there's actually a shrine within the temple a shinto shrine and so it, it really overlaps and kind of um, goes hand in hand, but it, but it, when you ask Japanese about, well, you know, what it, what are you? They might say Buddhist Shinto, but it really ha- has very little to do with their everyday life. It's really uh, what we see more and more here in the in the United States: uh, materialism, uh, secularism. But but they do uh, honor a lot more of that tra- Buddhist and Shinto tradition um, yeah, over yeah. there. Yeah, let's take a break right now on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. We'll be right back talking with the uh, Will uh, Thompson of the uh, Will Fellowship for Christian Athletes. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And we are back with the uh, with Will Thompson. He is the uh, um, Japan director of uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we were really talking about the surprise of Simone Biles pulling out of the Olympics. And one of the things you talk about is the pressure that's under these athletes, um, you know, even, you know, when from very young. Um, and but also something else, Will, that has been more kind of in the last maybe few decades is the sort of endorsements that athletes get if they rise to the top. It's not just winning the gold medal now. I've got... I've got endorsements from Nike or from wherever, or not even doesn't even if a sports, um, you know, it can be a restaurant or something. Um, but it brings in millions and millions of dollars. So there is that pressure as well. Um, does that ever kind of fold into um, your kind of ministry at all to understand, you know, 
the the level of pressure that they're they're experiencing? Sure, I mean, we we already talked about you know the incredible pressure at the highest level, and and we really as we focus on coaches and athletes, we we say that you know of course the Olympic level, the high profile elite level is is the highest, but really this this mindset even to the amateur level, um, college, high school, and and below, you know this identity idea where if is sports your identity, does it um, dictate your identity? And so, so that's really who we're who we're focused uh, on. And and of course in Japan, that being the Japanese coaches and athletes. And so of course in Japan, um, that Japan loving being a huge sports country, the endorsements are, are there as well. And and this idea of everybody knows who you are, but with that brings an incredible pressure. And so as we try to reach out to these, these athletes, we try to show them, Hey, we're not here to get a free ticket, an autograph, a picture, uh, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. We're here to meet you as a fellow human being in need of, uh, in need of Jesus. And no matter where they are on the, on the spectrum, uh, uh the spiritual spectrum, um, and so we we really try to stress that that in our in our sports chaplaincy we've done several sports chaplaincy uh, trainings for uh, leading up towards the Olympics and really see that as a as an opportunity moving forward as a, um, as a catalyst that's hugely needed in Japan as we already talked about the mental pressure um, that it, that is evident there and so we're we're really just trying to meet them where they are relate to them as as fellow human beings not as look at them as gods like everybody else is but um mm-hmm. and, and that but we talked about endorsement you know they are they do have a huge platform and so when they're ready that's an incredible opportunity opportunity for them to share their faith but again we don't want to ever push that on them we don't want them to do that before they're ready because we've also seen um that have its own negative consequences yeah um i why does Japan hold sort of this unique, and you kind of talked about it before, but um, just this unique opportunity for ministry? Um, because they, one of the things I see is that they have no background in Christianity. I mean, if if, if you live in America, you have some understanding of what Christianity is, even if you're not a Christian. But in Japan, um, that's that's got to be a whole different kind of mindset when you're when you're talking about a Christian ministry. For sure. I often bring up the 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 idea you know a lot of times when fca or other ministries or churches whatever it may be do a gospel presentation in the u.s or maybe in latin america somewhere a lot of times people are maybe coming back to church or they have like you mentioned some kind of heritage maybe they have a grandmother who was praying for them or they went when they're a kid that they kind of left or something like that well japan is complete opposite there's zero exposure and so um, I always tell the story, you know, we do our baseball clinics. And so we'll bring a, a current or former athlete in and, and share the, the baseball skill, the mental side, but also, you know, share their faith in, in, in Jesus. And, and um, you know, in the U.S. or Latin America, um, we, you know, ask, share the gospel. I ask the question, who wants to trust in Jesus, raise hands or, or something like that? Well, in Japan, what we found is, you know, that's the wrong question to ask. Mm-hmm. They look at you if, like you have four eyes or something like that. <laughs> and and so so we started asking who here has even heard the name of Jesus before. And some places we go to, there'll be maybe 
uh, 50%, 20%. We've gone to places where zero people raise their hand. They don't even know who you're talking about. And so you're really starting at a completely different place. And so we, we talk about, you know, you know, starting in Genesis, the creator, the one true creator, God who created us and love us and what's relationship with us because Japan, that's the other thing. Oh, you're talking about another God. I'll just add him in with all the other (laughs) thousands of gods I already have. And so, so the, the mindset, the starting place is just completely different. And then, um, you know, like you'd mentioned the, the, the gospel has just, uh, it, 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 I believe it's been there a, a lot longer, but it, it just looks completely different there than it would um, in a mm-hmm. in a country like the United States that has that Judeo-Christian heritage. Now, do you have access to any of the um, Olympic athletes at all? I mean, I can't, are you in the village or anything like that? So this year, we so about a year and a half ago, we were you know working with the uh, organizing committee. Um, with several Japanese uh, pastors and religious leaders to for on their chaplaincy program, and we were scheduled to be in the village like uh, other Olympics. But of course, when the pandemic hit and the um, the Olympics were postponed a year, that completely changed. And so, what what is currently happening this year is there's uh, no one's allowed in the village um, besides Olympic athletes, and so. Um, there, there are a few chaplains that are allowed in only if there's an emer- some kind of emergency, but the whole chaplaincy program has been put uh, online. It's been virtual. And so mm-hmm. these athletes are given um, they're, they're, they're given information on, okay, if they want to connect with a, a chaplain, this is how they go about doing that. And they can do a, like a zoom one-on-one, mm-hmm. uh, session with them. And then they're also given access to a, a closed, um, video uh website that has uh devotions uh devotionals available for them that in different languages and faith traditions so there's uh for example japanese catholic uh, fa- uh priests that have given devotionals for the for in japanese and then spanish french english other languages but then there's also you know protestant leaders and then and then of course the olympics um has the you know I think the world's five uh, largest religions, so that including Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism, and so um, so that it's just, it looks completely different um, beyond anybody yeah. could imagine a year and a half ago. But again, I think even in that, we're it, it's 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 bizarre, but I think we can see fruit in it. And 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 from from the beginning, eight years ago, when Tokyo was given. The, the Olympic bid, uh, many of us faith leaders and sports ministry leaders came together and started praying and preparing. We really believed and still do believe this is, um, you know, for kingdom purposes. And so when you talk about chaplaincy, uh, my dream and hope and prayer is that this can be a spark for sports chaplaincy in Japan after the fact, even whether it be virtual or in person. And so, um, like I mentioned, that is completely non-existent in Japan, very minimal mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. And so we we just hope and pray that's uh, part of the legacy. And, that's you know, left. and the idea, though, because sports is just one aspect of life and and but it is like you've talked talking about this sort of micro microcosm of life's triumphs and tragedies you know it's it's but it's on the world stage it's much different uh, when you have to when the world is watching when you lose 
you know, it's it's or you know, when you win, it's great. But the world must watch your triumphs as well as your tragedies, and that's got to create unique opportunities for um, for sports ministry as well. Um, for sure. One of the things that I wanted to ask is like, you know, what is the most common thing athletes reach out to you about? Oh, well, again, I think it depends on the context. So, you know, a high school um, a female athlete from Japan versus a, you know, high profile Olympic or professional athlete who's mm-hmm. male from the United States, it, it looks different. And so, um, but I think we already mentioned some of the common themes, um, identity, uh, pressure, um, you know, having people, you know, always, always pulling you in different, uh, in different directions, wanting something from you, um, you know, that what, how, how to handle uh, defeat, how to handle, how to handle success. Um, mm-hmm. and so there, there are many, you know, and, and that's not at, at, by any means just me, but just even working with other sports ministers around the world and in Japan, you know, we've, we've seen that. And so, because, you know, the identity of a sports person, you know, it's not just, oh, it's, it's okay if you don't win, you know, pat on the back kind of thing, you know, it's still, a, we very much value that because that's what, you know, we believe that honors God and that competition and, and competing can be our worship um, to mm-hmm. back to him. And so we want to do our best, but, but we also want to put, make the main thing, the main thing and keep the main thing, the main thing. And, and so, um, like we talked about earlier in the program, what, you know, there's going to be a time in all of our lives where we find ourselves off track or at, at this place where we can't overcome or, 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 or rock bottom. And so it's what, what do you do after that? And so we, we've developed different resources, um, you know, to speak to co- uh, coaches and athletes in that way. And I mentioned, you know, Japan being such an unreached uh, country, they do have the Bible in their language, but they don't have uh, many resources that speak to the heart of coaches and athletes. So we've de- worked to, over the last few years to develop mm-hmm. um, devotionals and, and Bibles that sp- that, uh, that share a- other athlete testimonies, but also talk to different um, topics such as identity and pressure that we had already talked about, but in the Japanese language, but also in a way that they can relate to. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think that athletes are more prone to reach out to an organization like yours when things are not going well. I mean, I mean you know, when they're winning, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, this is what I deserve and I've worked mm-hmm. hard and, mm-hmm. you know, it's great and I know that it struggled and it was a struggle, but um, it's great and it's great, it's great. But I would think that it's it's the devastation of loss that compels them to reach out to your ministry. Am I right or am I wrong? I think I think you are right. I, I don't think it's only that too. Like we we already talked about Michael Phelps. You know, he didn't have he didn't have a loss. He has all the gold medals, but it was you know after the after retirement. Okay, what? Who am I now? And all those struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another athlete uh, we've worked with some. Um, uh, uh, MLB future hall of famer and everything. And he kind of had the reputation for being kind of a crazy party guy. Well, it was after he got into some trouble that, you know, he, he, and it wasn't us, but it, and but God worked through different people in his life. And now he's, you know, going to seminary and, and wow. on fire. And so it's really cool to, 
hear these stories. And and to your to your point, I, I think that is very true. And I think it's also kind of maybe easier to approach them because like you mentioned, when they're winning, when they're on top, everybody wants a piece of them. Everybody wants them for an endorsement or a, or a selfie or whatever it is. But it's when they're, they lost, it's like, okay. And you see that even more so in Japan, the honor shame culture, mm-hmm. they, people aren't really don't always talk to the people who have lost or whatever. And they're, and, and so, so I, I do think that to your point that it's very, it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we go, tell me about the pins, um, because I read that you were you had made special pins to hand out. There was something about the culture of the Olympics where they have all these pins that athletes trade and um, and give away. Sure. Yeah. The I mean, any any of you have been to, you know, to an Olympics or an Olympic city during the Olympics are probably familiar with the culture of pin trading. And so basically what that is, is every athlete is given uh, a bunch of pins from their um, home Olympic committee. So the U.S. Olympic team, well, they'll, they'll even do a team. So like the Olympic gymnastic team or the Japanese softball team or whatever will have their own uh, pin. And you mm-hmm. can only get that pin from that athlete or a coach or something. And so what happens is it, it just turns into this kind of culture of pin trading. And, and, and then also the sponsors will have pins. So um, <laughs> Toyota or whoever will have their own pin. And so and so and you're, you you want to try to get, you know, some of the rare pins like uh, like, oh, get a North Korean pin or something, you know, some right, of the right. rare pins where there's only a couple athletes. And so the reason I know so much about this is because my father is a uh, collector and a pin collector. And actually, my connection, original connection to Japan, I grew up there when I was a kid for five years. And we were there during the 98 Nagano Olympics. And my father worked for IBM, who was an Olympic sponsor at the time. So we got to be a part of that when I was uh, 10 years old. And so you 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 wear them all around your neck and you try. You, and it's a great way. The Olympic atmosphere is part of what makes it so neat is, you know, the whole world's there and, you know, you don't speak the same language, but, you know, there's this camaraderie because of the sport, the sports being there and just this atmosphere. And so the pin tr- thing is really neat because you can strike up conversations with people talking, try checking out what pins they have, asking if they're willing to trade a pin because mm-hmm. they have one you like or something like that. And so we, you know, this is one of our plans that we made that kind of got thrown off with the whole virus thing. But what we did is we designed three pins um, based on First uh, Corinthians 13, so faith, hope, and love. And so we did it in the Japanese characters and with Japanese designs, like a fan, a lantern, and Mount Fuji, oh, nice. uh, with the hope that, you know, we could, you know, be there, trade pins, and 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 say, hey, this means faith. This uh, this means hope. You know, our uh, we believe hope is found in Jesus. You know, where do you find your hope? You know, kind of and just start up mm-hmm. gospel conversations. And so, um, again, unfortunately, this is one of the things that got uh, steered off course with the pandemic. But uh, we still hope and pray that we can use these. Um, you know some in the Olympics and Paralympics, but again, we're, we're really focused on the legacy piece and that it's not just about, you know, the Olympics, the Olympics, but it's about what is, what is God doing in Japan after the Olympics? What is God doing through sports ministry after? And so they are, they, they are timeless and, and hope to be used that way. I already mentioned, you know, same, same with the Japanese sports Bibles were we, same idea. You know, we're, we did it because of the Olympics, but not 
only because of the Olympics. We did it to use the Olympics as that spark. Yeah. Um, and so, unfortunately, the PIMS, you know, it's a little more difficult uh, to do that than we would have been able to do. But um, God's really kind of brought to our attention the the this um, strategy and, and mobilization for prayer that that has uh, taken place. And so we're we're trying to encourage people to pray through uh you know, 1 million hours of prayer for Japan. And so this initiative, Japan1million.com, we're really trying to encourage people um, to pray for Japan because it's a place that really needs uh, the gospel and the kingdom there. Absolutely. Um, Will Thompson, um, the Japan Director of Fellowship for Christian Athletes, thank you so much for being on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'm Lauren Green. Thank you for listening to Lighthouse Faith Podcast. Have a blessed day. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.